Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, the front end of the baby boomer started turning 75 years old um, last year in 2021. And so we've got uh, about 10,000 people a day turning 75, and that's going to continue for roughly the next 16 years. And sadly, most of them will need long-term care services before they pass away, and most of them are not prepared. So the wave, we call it the silver tsunami in the insurance world, this, this silver tsunami, this wave of baby boomers, this has forced many states to start looking at ways to offset the upcoming costs of providing care for many of the residents. Now, what you need to understand is states split the cost of Medicaid with the federal government, and the cost of that program is ballooning, and it's expected to grow exponentially over the next couple of decades. So this is forcing states to make some tough choices. Do they spend their money on roads and education and building parks and things like that, or do they start putting that on the back burner and using that money to take care of people who have run out of resources and are in need of care services. Washington State was the first state in the union to pass a forced payroll tax on all employees to fund a long-term care services and support bill. Now, basically what it's going to do, it's going to collect an ongoing tax on all wages. So it's not limited like our Social Security where you pay in up to, I think it's $160,000 for next year. And then after that, you don't pay any Social Security tax. But this is just on all income, all wages, all commissions, all bonus. So they're going to tax your wages ongoing to provide a future long-term care benefit for the residents that you must qualify for, you must pay into for at least 10 years into the system. And then you would get in today's dollars, $100 a day for a year. So Pennsylvania is getting ready to enact the exact same bill. So if you have uh, family members or you're a listener in Pennsylvania, get prepared because it looks like in January of 2023, they're going to move forward with the plan that's just, I actually read the plan. It's just, it's almost verbatim what Washington is, only I don't think they're going to give anybody an opt-out, meaning that they're not going to give you time to go out and get a plan put in place. They're just going to say, either you have to have private long-term care insurance or you're going to pay the payroll tax. So as much as I am against government intrusion into our lives and big government programs taking over something as personal as a long-term care situation, I totally understand why they're doing it. You know, the truth is people are not prepared and the states are looking down the barrel of a gun right now. And with the baby boomers coming at them and they're aging through the system, they are absolutely going to blow up state budgets. And a lot of states that haven't started looking at this are really going to be facing some tough times because, again, Medicaid is the number one payer of nursing home stays in this country. About 80% of all nursing home beds are paid by, by Medicaid. And Medicaid, again, is a safety net program. It's for people that have exhausted all of their resources. So the states are really starting to realize this, that they have several issues. And one of the issues the states are starting to focus on is awareness. You know, they're trying to educate people on what an extended healthcare situation is and how it's different from medical costs. So you hear all these facts and figures shot out there by AARP and all these different groups about the expected amount of medical costs. And there's actually a report that shows that for the average person, by the time you get into your 90s, that your medical costs, Medicare and your medical costs is going to absorb almost all of your, like 91% of your Social Security benefits. So we see a lot of data on that. But again, that's for acute care. When we look at long-term care, that is a complete different situation. After Obamacare went into effect, there was actually a survey that was done that showed that nearly 80% of the respondents believe Obamacare paid for long-term care services. So what that survey really told us was that people don't understand the difference between a medical care expense and a long-term care situation. But the survey you know, showed this, and this is an ongoing problem that a lot of states are starting to realize, that they're starting to talk about things like long-term care, 
but they don't understand, the people don't understand really what it is or why they should even be paying attention to it, right? It's like, well, I've got Medicare, I'm covered, I, I don't need to worry about that. Another common misconception that these surveys show year in and year out when they do these is that people, when we say long-term care, people focus and they think of a nursing home. However, unless you end up in the Medicaid system, the odds of you spending any significant amount of time in a nursing home are pretty slim to none. I mean, nobody wants to go to a nursing home. Nobody volunteers to go check in to a nursing home per se, unless they have a really high need skilled nursing type of situation. But as a general rule, nursing homes are the last resort. They're the last stop. People are trying to avoid those. And so when I say the words long-term care, many, if not most, picture a nursing home. And most people, dare I say, almost all people would say, look, I don't want to end up going to a nursing home. So the states are really realizing that in order to solve the problem they are facing in the next couple of decades, which is this extended healthcare situation that people aren't prepared for, they need to start to educate people and help them understand what the risk is and how it's going to affect them in the future. Now, Washington State caused, I mean, quite a stir when they, they passed the state law. It was just basically a new payroll tax that people couldn't really connect to anything. And this is what they learned. It's like, okay, we're going to start taxing you on every dollar you make for this benefit down the road in the future. And people are saying, well, wait a second. I Number one, what do you mean long-term care? I, I don't get that. I'm going to have Medicare. I don't understand that was. So it ended up being a really tough sell. And it's, you know, it's not like Social Security or a Medicare tax that we can actually see value in, right? The value proposition is, well, yeah, I'm paying this Medicare tax. I'm paying Social Security, but when I turn 65, I'll get retirement income from Social Security and I'll be on Medicare. I'll have my health care covered. So we can we can connect the dots on that. But what the Long-Term Care Services and Support Act in Washington State taught us is that people just couldn't connect those dots. Or it's a payroll tax for something that I'm not necessarily going to use, I'm not really familiar with. Most people simply just saw the tax as saying, hey, look, I'm going to pay tax ongoing for $100 a day for a nursing home in the future for a year. And oh, by the way, aren't nursing homes like 8000 or $10,000 a month a day? So why am I paying a payroll tax for something like this for $100 a day for a year? There's just really no benefit for me. So Washington State learned the hard way. I mean, in fact, so many people were um, just fired up about the, the state program. It was just such a blunder. It was just shoved through that the state actually put this on hold. And so they said, hey, wait a second, we're going to go back. We're going to go back to the drawing board is what they told the residents. But they didn't do anything. All they simply did is they allowed people that worked like in Idaho or Oregon that worked in Washington state, but they lived in those other states. They could opt out of the tax now and they allowed military spouses to opt out. That's really about the only change they made. So they're going to start collecting the tax here in January of 2023, which I think most people don't understand. So many of the states are learning from Washington's blunder, and they're starting to realize they need to educate their residents in order to make this upcoming new tax palatable, make it sound like it's a good idea. Well, number one, we have to teach people what it is and why it's important. So I actually stumbled across a paper from the state of Ohio, and Ohio was addressing the same issue. They're saying, look, we've got to start bringing awareness to long-term care, and they wanted to bring awareness to how private long-term care insurance works and what consumers need to understand and consider when looking into a private long-term care insurance plan. They talked about the need, and they made very compelling points. But then in the very next paragraph, they listed statistics on nursing home stays and how long the average stay is for men and women. Now, this is a classic example. It's a blunder, a classic example of what keeps promoting the misconception that long-term care is simply about going to a nursing home. And I think that, you know, here's a state trying to educate consumers, yet they're reinforcing, albeit unintentionally, that really it's just end-of-life care in a nursing home. That's what long-term care is. And so most people will look at that and they'll say, well, I'm not going to go to a nursing home anyway. I'll just go out to the back 40 and, you know, I've heard it all. I'll put a gun in my mouth. I'll, I'll take my gyrocopter up for a flight, whatever it is. But to be fair, I understand why the perception of long-term care, being a nursing home stay, being an end-of-life situation persists. And this is what a long-term care insurance originally was. Believe it or not, it was designed to pay for nursing homes. So back in the 1970s, 1974, when the Fireman's Fund started coming out with what they called 
long-term care insurance back then was actually called nursing home insurance. That was actually the name of it. And there just weren't a lot of choices for options. So I think about my great-grandmother. She lived in her own home into her 80s. The family circled around her, took care of her best they could. And when it got to a point where health was so compromised that they couldn't keep her home, she went down to the local nursing home and stayed there less than a year. But it was expensive back then. And so that was really the idea of long-term care insurance. It was called nursing home insurance because people went from their home to the nursing homes. So I understand where that is. But today what we're going to do on the show is we're going to talk about the evolution of not only long-term care, but where we receive care. Because we've come a long ways from the 1970s. And I think this is important to understand really the difference between what a long-term care situation is perceived and what it actually is and where we perceive that you have to get care versus what your options are to get care. So I'm going to sneak in my first uh, break here real quick. Stick around. I'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. The issue of long-term care is so important. A lot of states like Washington are seeking to pass laws requiring payroll deductions to fund it. But the reality is the state's solution is simply a drop in the bucket that will not provide meaningful protection for you or your family. 525 Advisors can provide meaningful coverage through new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into at least $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free. And you get your money back if you never use it, just like the custom plan my wife and I got. Join Brian Ott from 525 Advisors for an upcoming free live webinar. Learn how repositioning some of your savings is a secure way to triple your money today to pay for the high cost of long-term care. Like the state, we agree long-term care is a serious issue, but don't settle for the government's flawed plan. Learn your own options. Attend an upcoming 525 Advisors free live webinar. For the schedule, go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. Hey, and welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you just heard the ads, we've got a couple classes coming up in November. It's, it's hard to believe we're already rolling into November. I mean, Thanksgiving, then Christmas, and then New Year's, and off we go into 2023. But uh, that's the way it is. Classes are going to be on 12th. That's a Saturday. That's going to be an 8 a.m. kickoff West Coast time. It's going to be a 9 a.m. kickoff Mountain time. And then we're going to have another class on the 17th, and that will be a 3 in the afternoon kickoff on the West Coast and 4 in the afternoon on Mountain time. So look for those at our website, 525longtermcare.com. Again, the reason why we always promote these classes is it's just a great way for you to just kind of come in and get educated on things we talk about, what long-term care is, what it pays for, what your options are, what how Medicare works, what Medicaid pays for. And we're going to cover all of that in a nice little 45-minute package, and then we're going to answer your questions. It's a live class. It's a live webinar. We don't sell you anything. We don't let you sign up for anything. We're not going to spam you. So just we make it simple, easy. Once you sign up, you're going to get a link. You can actually watch the webinar on your smartphone, your iPad, computer, smart television. It doesn't matter. You don't have to download any software. So look for those classes coming up here again on the 12th and the 17th 
of November. I know I have the class on the 12th up on the website, and we'll have that 17th class listed up here um, shortly. So today I really just want to focus a little bit on that misconception that long-term care is about going to a nursing home. I mean, I still run into that constantly. And I admit, nobody wants to go to a nursing home. I don't blame them. I I totally get that. And we hear that quite a bit from people saying, hey, I'm never going to go to a nursing home. And again, the the history, you know, long-term care insurance was originally nursing home insurance. That's what they called it. I mean, that, that was actually the name for it. I need to get some nursing home insurance. Well, now it's nursing home avoidance insurance because statistically the people that have long-term care insurance plans in place are very unlikely, I mean, almost nil chance to spend any time in a nursing home. And if they do, it's usually going to be like my grandmother hospice type of care, maybe maybe a month, maybe two months at the most. As a general rule, the reason why is because we have all these different advantages and different ways to receive that care. And again, people don't want to go to a nursing home. And so we've, since the 1970s, we have all these new options to provide long-term care. Long-term care plans have changed. The programs are now what we call comprehensive, and that means that they're going to pay for care in a wide variety of locations. So let's talk about that today. Number one, where do most people still receive their care? And where do most people that that, that trigger a claim for long-term care insurance start out? It's in their own home. This is the majority of the cases by far. Well over half of all long-term care recipients receiving benefits or receiving those benefits for care that is taking place in their own home. So what happens when I trigger that claim is I'm going to bring in those caregivers, that, 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 that home health agency. They're going to come in, and they're going to take your plan of care from your doctor. They're going to schedule out what they need, and maybe you have family members helping you out. Maybe your spouse is helping you out. So maybe it's you know a few hours a day, five days a week. Maybe it's eight hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't matter if you have a long-term care plan you can use to pay those caregivers to come into your own home. So that is the number one place people receive care. Number two, families. So a a family member's home. So if I'm living with my kids, for instance, they built a mother-in-law or I'm living upstairs or in the downstairs bedroom, the same thing. I can bring those caregivers into that home. So maybe my children are off at work. They're taking care of me at the night and the weekends, but we have a caregiver come in and look over and help me throughout the day. So your family uh, member's house, that's considered a home. That's fine too. The next place that people really tend to gravitate towards are assisted living facilities. This is where my grandmother went. She started her journey in her own home, stayed there for about a year and a half under care, and then finally got to a point where she decided to move to an assisted living facility. So assisted living facilities, as a general rule, are going to be bigger. They're going to be larger communities, you know, maybe 50 people or 100 people or 300 people, depending on the size of these facilities, but they're going to have 24-7 care. Most of the assisted living facilities are designed for, think of it like an apartment. You're going to have your own space, whether it's a studio or a one-bedroom or a two-bedroom. Then there's going to be common areas. Like my grandmother's had a dining hall. They had a rec room. They had a swimming pool. They had a library. They had a theater. So, you know, that's generally the assisted living facilities will have a lot of different um, amenities available for the people, the residents that live there. Now, I want to go down a quick rabbit hole here. There's a difference between assisted living and independent living. And I want you to understand that independent living is more about the social aspect So people will move into an independent living or a 55-plus community for that social aspect. Some of them, you know, they might be townhomes that have a clubhouse or they might be an apartment building that has general uh, meeting areas where people can get together and do social things. But they don't provide any services, whereas assisted living facilities are going to assist you through the day. So that's going to be more about a long-term care facility. So a lot of people will say, does long-term care insurance work in an independent living facility? Well, think of that as your own home or your own apartment. What you're going to do is you're, you, it's going to work to bring the healthcare workers in, but they're not going to be provided by that facility themselves in most cases. Um, another place that people are very are starting to become very familiar with is adult family homes. So adult family home, think of this as a smaller facility. It's generally going to be maybe four to six residents. Each state's going to have their limitations on what they consider an adult family home. So again, usually 24-7 care. They're usually staffed by caregivers. And then there's usually four to six people that are sharing, usually a modified single home. 
But what's nice about these is they are generally still in community. So a lot of people can move into an adult family home that is still in their community or close to their family members. So it keeps them in a community type setting. So that's an adult family home. The next place where long-term care insurance is used quite frequently now, which people are surprised at, is what we call adult daycare. So we know what a daycare is for children, right? We drop our kids off in the morning or we have to drop them off at preschool. We pick them back up. Well, there's a lot of adult daycare facilities that are designed the same way. So maybe you're taking care of a loved one, mom or dad, and you're working part-time and you're taking care of them part-time. You can take them to an adult daycare for four hours. It's maybe, it's like a glorified version of maybe a senior center, if you think about it, but they will have you know, people there to help assist through the day. They'll have activities. They'll ha- have things to do like that. So again, for especially for people in cognitive situations where they need some supervision, these adult fam or adult daycare centers are just you know really a saving grace for a lot of families because they can take somebody there. Long term care insurance will work for that as well too. One of the more popular facilities that we're starting to see now are what we call CCRCs or continuing care retirement centers. So this is really, think of this as um, like a, a more of a campus. They might have townhomes, they might have some apartments, and they'll have, go all the way up to skilled nursing all on the same facility. So somebody might move in there totally independent. They might buy a townhome on the outer edges of it, and there might be a golf course, and there's going to be maybe a clubhouse and a, a, an activity center and restaurants and things like that. But within this property, there's going to be usually assisted living facilities all the way up to skilled nursing facilities. And so the idea is that continuing care retirement center is you move in healthy and active and hope that you never need long-term care. But as you age and your health becomes more compromised, you have the, the, the facilities right there. You have the people to help you so you don't have to move. So a lot of these you can buy into or you can you can rent. They'll have set costs for long-term care services or they'll be a la carte. It doesn't matter. The point to this is if you move into a continuing care retirement center and you start receiving long-term care services, your long-term care insurance will pay for those additional charges for the long-term care. So again, very popular. We're starting to see more and more of these built up as kind of a lifestyle. The idea is to move in with your healthy and then if your spouse's health is more compromised, you don't have to give up your friends and your social life because your spouse can get the care there. Even if they need to go all the way up to a skilled nursing, that's still going to be right there on the same property. The next thing you're going to see that long-term care is paying for out there now that's starting to grow is special memory clinics. So this is a, you know, these are going to vary depending on the need for the client. And again, when I say special memory care centers, these are for people with Alzheimer's, dementia, that have cognitive impairment. And so a lot of assisted facilities assisted living facilities, adult family homes are not staffed or prepared to handle some of the more severe cognitive um, issues that are out there. So that's where we'll get these memory care centers that will pop up that will actually show that you can actually get the care that you need in that facility. They're trained. They know how to handle those uh, those needs of those people with the, the cognitive impairments. The next thing I want to talk a little bit about here is hospice centers. So again, this is going to be more end of life. And what people are really surprised at is that, yes, your long-term care insurance will pay for that. So we had a dear friend of ours that ended up spending the end of her life in a hospice center due to uh, breast cancer. And so again, long-term care insurance will cover that as well, too. And then lastly on the list, let's just say it, it's what we're trying to avoid is nursing homes. Nursing homes where this whole journey started, long-term care still pays for nursing home stays. Skilled nursing. So if you do need skilled nursing, you need that 24-7 care, the nursing home is going to be covered under your long-term care insurance. So what you need to take away on this today is that long-term care is not a location. It's an event. It's when you need help from others to get through the day. It's caused by either physical impairments or cognitive impairments. But the idea is that you can receive the care in a location that you want to be, whether it's your home, your your child's home, a local adult family home assisted living, it doesn't matter. The long-term care insurance is going to work. It's not about going to a nursing home. It's not about going to a specific place. It's about receiving the care that you need in the location that you choose. So um, we got to take a quick break for the news. Stick around. When I come back, I'm going to introduce you to Joanne and show you how we set up a savings-based long-term care plan. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. 
Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. All right, and we're back. Um, It's time for Client of the Week. If you're new to Long-Term Care Radio or the Long-Term Care Radio podcast, we, um, we, you know, it's just general information show, but at the bottom of the hour, we always try to bring you an example of somebody that we helped out. And the idea is to really kind of just talk through the process, what we found out about them, what was important to them, and then show you that there's a, you know, there's there's just a large amount of, um, you know, wide variety, I should say, wide variety of ways to design and fund these long-term care plans. And no, you know, two people need the exact same plan. So that's the whole idea is how do you protect your estates, what's important to you, and that's what we do at the bottom of the hour, and that's our client of the week. And this week, I'd like to introduce you to Joanne, who just, uh, she turned 65 this year. She retired in May, so she's had her first summer of love, so to speak, as a retiree. Um, Joanne has two sons. She has three grandchildren that are all pretty young, and she plans on traveling as much as she can in her retirement year. She wants to, you know, go out and see the world and spend time with family and just really enjoy her retirement. Um her concerns, quite frankly, is she doesn't want to be a burden on the kids. They're busy with their lives. Their kids are great. You know, her kids both have very young children, so she doesn't want to, you know, be a problem for them. She knows that they're going to have a lot on their plate moving forward. They're all working. So, and they also don't live close enough to really help out on a daily basis. And this is something that you got to be very aware of. Um, you know, a, uh, you know, a good friend of mine is out in Fort Collins. I was visiting with her, and you know, she lives with her daughter, and so it's like, well, that's convenient, right? But not everybody gets to do that. So, if you're living in the same neighborhood, you're living down the street, you're living in the same home, well, you're probably going to get some more help. But she wasn't living close to her kids, so that was a big concern for her. She also doesn't want to, you know, feel like she can't enjoy her retirement because she needs to save money for, you know, her her future for her long-term care needs. And what I mean by that is if you're self-insuring, you know, the number one risk that we face in retirement is an extended healthcare event. That's the most costly. It's the number one reason why people go bankrupt and they run out of money. That's why Medicaid exists is because people, their health is compromised. They blow through all their savings and they end up on the Medicaid system. And so she really wants to avoid that. And when you're self-insuring, it also kind of handcuffs you on spending money because people thinking, well, if I take the grandkids to Disneyland, that might be money that I need 20 years down the road to pay for long-term care services. That's always in the back of the mind. So she was very aware of that. And she just, quite frankly, doesn't want to run out of money and end up on Medicaid. Uh, she had a family member that went through that, and she said, I just don't want to end up on the Medicaid system. I want to try to stay in control of my care options. So those were her concerns, and they were all very valid concerns. Now, what we found out about Joanne when we started talking with her is Joanne was actually turned down for long-term care insurance a few years ago um, on a traditional plan due to some just a combination of health issues, and also it was kind of a timing issue. And again, folks, I will tell you, when you apply for long-term care insurance, if somebody hasn't taken the time to question you about your health, you need to stop right there. Don't sign the application because it's what we call a pre-screen. We start with that with all of our clients. And Joanne's a classic example. She thought that she couldn't get long-term care insurance. She'd been turned down in the past. And then we say, well, let's fill out that pre-screen form. Let's start talking to you. Let us you know, peel this onion back a little bit and find out. And it's like, oh, guess what? You do have some options because not all insurance companies look at you the same way. So XYZ company may say, nope, we're not going to accept you. We don't want to underwrite you and provide you the insurance. ABC company says, you know what? We'll do that. That's, that's okay for us. So it's very important to know. So she had been turned down a few years ago on a traditional plan, but she actually had some options today. Um, she thought she was going to have to self-insure. That was really what was stressing her out a little bit because she had been turned down before. When she retired in May, she, um, she, she retired from the education system. So she's going to have a lifelong pension. She's also going to have Social Security. So those are going to be her main sources of income, and that's going to be a steady, you know, lifelong income for her. She has a retirement account. She has some cash savings. 
And here's something that was very interesting about um, Joanne. She moved into a 55 plus community. So I, I live out by one. There's you see them all over, like trilogies. One that they'll build their homes and communities around golf courses. You see some apartment buildings and townhome developments now that are these 55 plus communities. So she had downsized years ago and moved into one of these 55 plus communities, sold her house, and she owns this place now that she's in right now. She loves her community. She's very active. And it's a nice single level property, so it's designed for aging. And so that's something that's really great. We love to find that out about people because, again, if you live in a two-story home and your bedroom's upstairs and you end up in a care situation and you can't really transfer, it becomes very difficult. So that's something to know that she's living in a house that she feels that she can age in. What Joanne really wanted from a long-term care insurance plan is she just wanted a cushion. So again, she's got social security, she's got her pension, her house is paid for, she can live fine off of that income, she also has a retirement account, but she wants a cushion that will help pay for any additional costs if she does have to go to a facility or if she does need to bring caregivers into her home. She wanted to feel more comfortable about being able to spend her money down and not feel like she was spending you know, her future care money. And again, that was just a point that was just very, you know, she she was very adamant on. And I I really appreciate that because people don't realize that if they're self-insuring, well, I think I have enough money. And it goes back to like, well, maybe you do, you know, and most of our clients probably do, but it also comes back to an efficiency. Do you want to pay 25 cents or 30 cents for a dollar care? Or do you want to pay a dollar or a dollar 25 because you have to sell retirement accounts to get that money to pay for care? So it really just, she wanted something that would just make sure that she felt comfortable traveling and going and spending time with her grandkids and not feel like guilty about spending money that she might need in the future. Um, She did not want ongoing payments. If she could avoid having ongoing long-term care payments in the future, she said that would be a blessing for her. She preferred using some of her savings or her retirement account to just to get a, a plan put in place and then not have to worry about writing a check every year for the foreseeable future, which is the way you know those traditional plans work. You write a check until you go on claim. She also wanted a plan that would allow her the freedom to move. Now, again, she's going to age in place, she thought, but she also said, look, I'm 65, 20 years down the road. That might change if I want to live closer to my kids, depending where they're at. She just wanted the flexibility. And one thing I will just tell you, when you buy a a long-term care insurance plan here within the United States, it doesn't matter what state you live in. When you buy that policy, the policy is going to work in any of the other 50 states. Some of them even work in Canada. Most of them work in the 50 states and the territories. We even have a few asset-based plans that will give some international coverage. So as far as moving from, you know, Colorado to Arizona or Arizona to Washington or Washington to Minnesota, that's not a problem. Any of the long-term care plans that uh, we help our clients with is going to work that way. So she was covered on that. So here's what we did for her. Um, Because of Joanne's health in her financial situation, we ruled out the pay-as-you-go plan. She still could have gotten a pay-as-you-go plan right now, a traditional plan, but she would have been limited on coverage basically due to a combination of health concerns that were going on right now. However, on the asset-based plans, they underwrite those a little bit different. We had several options, and she didn't want ongoing payments anyway, so that's really what we focused on. Now, we had looked at the different options on here and the different ways to fund this, and we could have. She said she could use savings or retirement account. She would ideally do that. But one of the things I look at here is that when we look at retirement accounts, she's only 65 years old. She does not need that money right now to take that money out to use it for living expenses. She's going to be fine on her social security and pension. She's got a little bit of additional savings and that retirement can continue to set there and grow until she's 72. Now, a lot of people are nervous about it right now because again, we're down 25, 30% this year. And so again, if you're, you're taking that money out right now, you're saying, well, maybe I use some of this other money and let that retirement account hopefully come back and continue to grow because again, it's it's tax deferred to her. If we take that money out of a retirement account today, you have to start paying tax on that money as you pull that out. So we were looking at that and we said, look, ideally, if you have savings and you have a retirement account, let's talk about your savings. So we looked at her savings account and she does have, she has some money in a CD and it was money that was just the CD was maturing. So she's like, I'm just probably going to flip that back over to another CD 
or maybe just even leave it in a money market account. She goes, this isn't money that I am planning on using for anything. This was money that she inherited years ago. And she's just basically been kind of leaving it there for the rainy day fund. And she's like, I don't have it earmarked for anything. I don't need a new car. I don't need to use it for anything. So we ended up talking about that, and that turned out that that was really the ideal funding source. So we have an asset that she already has, savings. We're just going to reposition that savings into an insurance plan. It's still going to be her asset, but now she's going to get some long-term care benefits. And so that's what we did, and this is how it works. So what we're basically going to do is take her CD that was maturing was about $82,000. So we took that $82,000, and we deposited it with the insurance company. Now, that turned into a long-term care benefit of $246,000 day one. So that means the $82,000 in savings, she goes out and gets hit by the bus, she's on claim, she now has $246,000 tax-free that she can use, and she can pull that money out at a rate of $3,500 a month tax-free. So when we do the math on that, you take that $3,500 into $246, you're gonna realize that's 72 months or six years of coverage. So she has a long-term care policy that's going to last her a minimum of six years. And again, when I say minimum, that simply just means that if she pulls out the maximum amount every month, she will not run out of her long-term care insurance for six years. So she's got a minimum of six years of coverage. If she's only using half of her available monthly benefit, because that's all she needs, the policy would last her 12 years. So again, you have to exhaust that bucket of money, that 246000 She can pull it out in as short as six years, but... If she pulls it out in seven years or eight years or nine years, that's fine. It's still her money. She gets to use that tax-free for long-term care. The total monthly benefit, so that $246,000 that we turned that ED2 into, is going to grow. The monthly benefit, the $3,500 that she can pull out, that's going to grow. And the cash value in the account, that $82,000, are all going to grow. So again, when I talk about savings-based plans, that's what I mean. Think about it. She had $82,000 in savings, basically in a CD. We're going to move this over to a savings-based long-term care plan. That $82,000 is still earning interest. Out of that interest that she earns, they're going to keep a little bit of that interest inside that account to buy insurance. That's what gives her the three-to-one leverage. That w- that's what turns that 82000 into $246,000 day one is the leverage, the insurance. So what happens is as she earns money, she is going to, they're going to keep a little bit of that interest to buy the insurance every single year, but her balance is going to continue to grow. And so what happens, her $82,000, you go out 10 years at current rates today, which is paying 3.75%, she's got $102,000. But that gives her $306,000 of long-term care insurance that she can access at about $42.50 a month. So for every dollar of interest she earns in her account, she gets $3 of tax-free long-term care. So folks, that's what I'm saying. This is so simple. People really struggle on this. I'm trying to figure out, like, why would the insurance company do this? Well, remember, this is the same as life insurance, car insurance, home insurance. What we're doing is we are pooling all of our money together as a community. They know some houses are going to burn down in that community, but not all of them. That's the actuarial science. They know some people are going to go into long-term care, but not all of us. They know some of us are going to be in long-term care for five years. Some of us might only be in long-term care for five months. And on these savings-based plans, what Joanna's really doing is she's taking an asset that she has, $82,000. She gives it to the insurance company They put it to work, and they say, hey, in return for that, we're going to give you some interest. We're going to keep some of that interest to buy insurance. But for her, the advantage is she just turned every dollar that she had into $3. And the insurance company says when she goes on claim, what are they really doing? They're giving her her money back the first two years, and then they're paying years three, four, five, and six. So this is where the actuarial science comes in. They're not looking at every person individually and they've figured out whether you're going to go into long-term care or not. They don't know that. But they know out of a million people that have these policies, X amount are going to go on claim, X amount are going to be on claim for less than a year, X amount for two years, three years, four years. That's the data that the insurance companies are constantly studying and calculating and figuring. So that's how they say, well, this is how much we need to keep of your interest to buy the insurance inside this plan to give you the leverage. So it's just a really great plan. And when you do the math on this, really what's happening is she's still earning 1.6% plus on her money. And if interest rates go up, which they're predicted to, next year she will actually earn more interest. 
But the nice thing about these savings-based plans is let's go out here 20 years. If interest rates just stay the same, she has $5,300 a month roughly of long-term care insurance for six years. So she has a little over $380,000 of tax-free long-term care benefit. But her cash value, that $82,000, is $126,000. If she needs some of that money, she can pull that out. In fact, starting year one, after after 12 months of this contract being in place, she can pull out 10% of her cash value without any penalty. You can't do that on a CD. You can do that on the savings-based plan. And what's unique about this is that's fine. It does not cancel the insurance. It's just that if you take out $10,000, you're going to reduce your long-term care insurance by $30,000. And so it's just a dollar equals $3 of long-term care. You take a dollar out, you're going to reduce your long-term care benefit by $3, but you're not closing out the account. You're not canceling your long-term care insurance. So it gives her a little bit of extra flexibility. The other nice thing about these savings-based plans, as they grow in value, she is not paying tax on that interest that she earns. Remember CD, you get a 1099i every single year. That doesn't happen on these savings-based plans. This is tax-deferred growth. So if she just lets that money set in that account, it's going to continue to grow. Her long-term care benefit will continue to grow. If she never makes a claim on that, that money is going to be passed on to her estate, her cash value, whatever it's grown into. If she dies, the same thing. She dies year two, the cash value is going to be passed back to her estate. But if she just lets it set there, she'll never have to pay any tax on that money. And if she pulls it out for long-term care, it's going to come back to her tax-free. So that's the great thing about that. So just a really great plan, zero-day waiting period for home care so Joanne can get that care at home. She doesn't have to wait 90 days. Her money's going to earn that interest tax-deferred. Every dollar she earns in interest is going to grow her long-term care benefit by $3. She has coverage in all 50 states, which is what she wanted. She has access to some of that cash in the future if she did need it for some reason, needs to replace a roof. She has immediate leverage. She just took $82,000 and turned it into $246,000 day one. And every year that money's going to go up. And the other nice thing is let's say that the Fed messes everything up and interest rates go back to zero. Well, wherever she's at on that line, so let's just go out there and just let me look at this, this table here real quick. So let's go out there and say 15 years down the road, interest rates go back to zero. She's got 113000 or $341,000 of long-term care, $113,000 of cash value. She can pull out $4,800 a month. Those values will never go down even if interest rates go back to zero. So you don't ever lose any of the growth in these policies. That's what's unique about that. So just a really nice plan. It just checked all the boxes for Joanne. It's not a huge plan, but she didn't need a huge plan. She needed a cushion to help supplement her pension and her Social Security. And guess what? Hopefully she never needs this. Her money's still growing in value. It's still her money, and she's not paying any tax on that interest that she earns every year. So just a really, really great program. I'm going to take a quick break. Um, Stick around. I will be right back with our final segment, and we'll uh, wrap it up. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family, and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. You've heard me say Brian Ott with 525 Advisors is the best in the country when it comes to long-term care planning. And it's not just me saying that. Recently, Brian was recognized as the top advisor in the country for long-term care plans with lifetime benefits. That's the same type of plan my wife and I have. Well, this is the fifth year in a row he's received this award. That's truly amazing. But when I asked Brian about it, he said he couldn't do it without you, my listeners, because you get it. And you're a bit smarter than the average person. I know that. Long-term care planning is about protecting the people you care about, and government is not going to do that for you. My wife and I put a plan in place with Brian. We have the comfort of knowing that our care will be funded and managed in a time of need, taking that burden off our girls. And if we get lucky and don't need it, our plan will pay our estate back. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's not. Get the peace of mind knowing your family is protected. Contact my friends at 525 Advisors and work with the best. They'll take time to design a custom plan just for you. Find out more at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. 
Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us. But the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, and we're back. And uh, thanks for uh, sticking with me today on Long-Term Care Radio. Um, Again, we've got a couple classes coming up. That's going to be on the 12th and the 17th. All that information is on our website at 525longtermcare.com. And again, once you sign up for the class, we're just going to send you out a link and you just click on it and you can watch the webinar. And the nice thing about the webinars, they are live, so you can interact with me. You can send me your questions and we'll be um, also you're going to learn, you know, a little bit more from some of the other questions that people ask, too. So that's kind of what we're going to do there. So today, you know, we talked about a lot, but uh, the big thing takeaway from today is I want you to understand that, you know, that nursing home insurance that started in 1970 is now nursing home avoidance insurance. The vast majority of people with long-term care insurance plans never end up in a nursing home, which is very important for a lot of people. Medicaid is still the largest um, payer of nursing homes in this country. 80% of the rooms are estimated to be paid by Medicaid. The catch is you're already broke when you get to Medicaid. That means you've spent down all your assets. And really, it's just they warehouse you in these Medicaid nursing homes, the, the few that take the Medicaid reimbursements. So it's really about, you know, to understand that if I have long-term care insurance, I get that leverage, I can protect my assets, but I can also stay in control of my care options, meaning I can get care where I want. And most people choose not to go to a nursing home. Most people will say, you know, I'm going to do it at home or I'll go to assisted living or might move in with my kids or do an adult family home or whatever your long-term care insurance is going to follow you and work for you on that. One of the things I wanted to talk about too today is the tax savings. You know, we are really kind of at a very interesting spot right now. If you're watching the news, we've got all this inflation going up. Social Security people are getting this 8% gain this year, which everybody's touting is the largest since 1980. Well, that's just because costs have gone up that. It, it, it's no handout. There's there's the people aren't getting 8% raise and they're going to improve their lifestyle. It's just we're really seeing prices go up. We're starting to see that with long-term care as well. And just what I was talking about, the baby boomers, there's going to be such a wave of them that they're predicting that costs are really going to go through the roof. And so the idea when we look at our client of the month is, you know, a lot of people still wrap their mind around, they they, they think of long-term care insurance as something I'm going to pay into that's going to be expensive I'm probably not going to use. And that's just not the case. The vast majority of the business that is written in the United States today are these new asset-based plants. And it's simply about taking money, just like Joanne did, our client of the week, taking money out of one pocket, putting some benefits and features on it, and sticking it right back in the other pocket. And what's amazing to me on this is people, we, we can present this information to you, but ultimately it's like, you know, you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. What people don't understand is that they, they, they still feel like they're giving something up. And you've got to understand the velocity of money and leverage in taxes. And the idea is, yeah, you can leave your $82,000 in the savings. You can put it in a money market. Maybe you can find a CD that's paying you 4% or 4.5% now, and you think, oh, I'm doing great. Well, guess what? You're still paying tax on that interest every single year. You're still going to be handcuffed to getting that money out of that CD. And, oh, when you need long-term care, you got a finite amount of money. Versus these new savings-based plans, we are able to take advantages of the current rules and, the, and mostly the Pension Protection Act, which allowed us to set up these savings-based plans and get tax advantages and get leverage, meaning I can turn a dollar into $3 of tax-free long-term care. So I tell people, if you're bringing that caregiver into your home or you're moving into an assisted living facility and they say, okay, 
here's your bill. It's it's six thousand dollars. Well, do you want to pay the six thousand dollars out of your savings for that, or do you want to sell eight thousand dollars of of your retirement account to pay that six thousand dollars, or do you want to use long term care insurance that cost you thirty three cents a dollar? And that's really what these savings-based plans do. They give us that flexibility. They give us that immediate leverage. They also give us that tax-deferred growth. What people don't understand, the great thing about these deferred annuities is that a deferred annuity will allow you to grow, earn interest, compound it, but not pay tax on the interest every year like you do savings accounts, money markets, and CDs. You don't get that 1099-I. That's the deferral. That's the same thing that we do with our retirement accounts. We're putting money in 401ks. We're leaving money in our IRAs because as that stock grows in value, we don't have to pay tax on that gain. We pay tax on it when we pull it out. Well, the thing about these annuities is when you convert them to a long-term care savings-based plan, it works like an annuity, but you get the leverage. But now when you pull that money out, it comes back to you tax-free. So it's just a fantastic way to take some savings. It doesn't have to be a lot. You can do you know, 40000 You can do 50000 You're still going to get that three-to-one leverage. And by the way, you can still get your money back. The worst-case scenario, people always say, well, what if I need to cancel my plan and get my money back? Well, you're going to get your money back. There'll be some kind of surrender charge like a CD, but it's minimal amount. And for Joanne, for instance, she puts her $82,000 in, and really, you know, if she canceled at year three, she'd get $81,415 back. And she had insurance for those three years as well, too. So just a great, great deal. Hey, you've burned another hour with me. I appreciate the interest. Um, I'm going to get to work. I'll put together another show, and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. The issue of long-term care is so important. A lot of states like Washington are seeking to pass laws requiring payroll deductions to fund it. But the reality is the state's solution is simply a drop in the bucket that will not provide meaningful protection for you or your family. 525 Advisors can provide meaningful coverage through new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into at least $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free. And you get your money back if you never use it, just like the custom plan my wife and I got. Join Brian Ott from 525 Advisors for an upcoming free live webinar. Learn how repositioning some of your savings is a secure way to triple your money today to pay for the high cost of long-term care. Like the state, we agree long-term care is a serious issue, but don't settle for the government's flawed plan. Learn your own options. Attend an upcoming 525 Advisors free live webinar. For the schedule, go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com.